Colliding Worlds is sponsored in part by Always Here, now streaming on Amazon Prime, starring Jody Littman, Angela Romeo, and Steve Ciceron. Always Here. Some say the rules are made by the future, but in the LaFleur home, the past controls the future. Join them and the entire cast of Always Here. After all, a mother's love is forever. Now streaming on Amazon Prime. Lighting Worlds is sponsored in part by CAMVR, home of the only one jewelry, accessories, and repurposed clothing. You can find us on Facebook at the Unique Jewelry Designs of Angela Valenti Romeo, or on Shopify, or online at AngelaValentiRomeo.com. Please contact us before making any purchase. Our merchandise changes often, and yes, there's only one. You'll never find yourself coming and going in our designs. AMVR, home of the only one jewelry, accessories, and repurposed clothing. Hey, everybody. This is Angela Valenti Romeo, and this is Colliding Worlds, and we're bringing you another podcast. And before I bring this person onto the stage, and all full disclosure, Terry and I have been friends for a long time. Um, Terry Hastings also was one of the featured artists when I did own a gallery. And he's been on my show before. And what I like about Terry is he's true to himself and his work reflects who he is and kind of his no fear attitude towards things. And I'm going to bring Terry on. Terry, I want to welcome you to Colliding Worlds again. Um, <laughs> Terry, I. Yeah, Terry was always my, oh my God, my guest canceled. Can you be on? Can you come online right now? You know? <laughs> Terry, you're, you're an artist, you're a teacher, um, you lecture, you do a lot of things, but let's start at the beginning and not that you were born, but pick up kind of where you decided to, you know, when did you find your calling in art? Uh, let's see, when I was four, <laughs> it would be, uh, came down the staircase with an encyclopedia open to some music notes, asked my parents what they sounded like, and then they got me piano lessons. So... And then it was band, and then it was speech, and then it was, you know, high school productions. And then I got a degree in theater, uh, wrote my own stuff, had my own theater company, uh, had a partner. Uh, we opened a clothing store, so we needed this brand new thing called a website. Uh, oh, and then we needed uh, photos. And so I got this new invention called a digital camera. Uh, and then I was like, oh, this is so much easier than theater. Let's stay here. So that's, <laughs> that's the very quick version. And Terry is an amazing a pianist. I've heard him play and it's like, 
Wow. And I'm always jealous of somebody who can play the piano because I always aspire to it and it doesn't work. But it, it's funny how when you talk to different people who are artists, there seems to be this magic age when they know and it's four. For some particular reason, it's it's four. Um, I I, I don't know, understand why that is, but what I find interesting about the journey is that when people think of art and artists, they say, oh, my, oh, you're only a painter, you're only a sculptor, you can only do one thing, and proof positive, you can do multiple things. Right, no, it's it's just a mindset. With the, the media that you work in doesn't matter. I mean, I mean, I've cooked, I've painted, I've, you know, there's so many different versions of me, so... I don't particularly like to cook, and thankfully I have somebody who, who does because, I mean, I can do it. I just don't enjoy it. I at least like decorating cakes. But but the thing about art is if, if there's such a, a a push to to put it all in a little box. Right. And and you and you look at people, and I always hate it when I used to go to shows and you would have more than one thing. And it's like, well, you couldn't have done that. And that's not it's just so frustrating. And, and I see behind you some of the sculptures that you did. Right. Um, and, 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 and it was like, is that, is that photography? <laughs> you know, Oh my God, you know, and, you know, but, but I, but I find too, that people who are truly creative, it's the proverbial, give them a piece of string, six inch right. piece of string and they can create anything they want. Um, but what, you know, when you, do you get that pushback a lot when people a look lot. at your work? I mean, even to the point where in my own photography or what I do with my photos, people, you know, get to know me for, for example, the underwater photos uh, with the fabric and stuff like that. Well, sometimes I take photos um, without people in them. Uh, for example, that one. Uh, and so I had those at my last show where I was doing in Indio. And they were on the outside of the tent. So people walking by would see those. They'd walk in. And then inside the tent, I had bodies in the water. And then they would all be shocked because I was like, they wanted those abstract pieces. But I also had stuff with bodies in them. And they didn't know what to do with it. So then, then they would just walk past, you know, because it's just like, I thought you just did this, you know. And I'm like, well, I can do a lot of things for like the flowers, you know, that I put in the water. Um, and uh, what you're looking at actually is colored fabric in the water. And then I take photos of it. Uh, and so you're seeing flowers there. You're seeing umbrellas there. And then I also happen to put naked bodies in the water with that. And so just even this little small version of myself, I've, you know, turned into different things, but people still want, well, where are the bodies? You know, they're just like, I'm like, they don't have to all have bodies in them. You know, I, I want to do other things. So it's hard. It's hard. You can't please everybody all the time. And so, you know, and, and when you try to, at least in my opinion, when you try to please everybody because it's commercially wonderful or whatever you hope, it, I get bored. I mean, I mean, right. and so many I, of my ideas that I thought were going to be commercial um, get rejected. And it's just like, because I keep trying. I'm like, well, what else do you like? What else do you like? It's just like, yeah, I can do that. 
but I want to move on. For example, with the collages here. Yeah, it actually happened. These collages happened because models kept not showing up. And I kept needing to just keep being creative. And I had my piano, which was in the Colliding Worlds Gallery. That's not this one, but uh, this is my friends. And so I would, I now took my music inspiration and my photography, melded the two together into this David Hockney inspired um, vision. You know, I took, uh, you can see little bits of Puccini. It's Madame Butterfly that is on the piano. Uh, and then the music floats around in the air. And, you know, we've got the the Chinese statues. And so I just go with it. You just take things, collect them, put them on canvas, and, uh, and then move on. You know, come up with something else you're going to create. I remember when you were working on the collages, and it started out with tiny little pieces of paper. Right. I just kind of all over the place. It was it was a learning process for you when you were when you undertook that. I mean, again, this goes back to kind of my issue with some things. People just think everything because everything's digital. Oh my God, I can do it. You know, it's there's still there still requires a skill and an art and an art. And you and I used to hate when people come into my gallery and you were there a few times. I painted this painting and it's black. And it should be a masterpiece and it should sell for $5,000. There's an art to doing abstract and that ain't it. <laughs> you know, and it was like, always used to bug the bug me to no end. But when you started with the collage, it was, it was a thought out process. You just didn't sit around and go, oh, I'm going to cut up little pieces of paper and put them together. It, right. It really was time consuming. And I remember that. <laughs> Why, you know, what, what drew you to, what drew you to collage? Um, wanting to create something bigger than click. Um, I'm not the best drawer, you know, I have painted before, but usually it's either abstract or large gestural pieces. Uh, I now wanted to take my photography further into the actual creation beyond just setting up the photo and taking it, which is fun. I actually wanted to take more time. I wanted to be able to create things, um, to have a vision and put it all together. So I, you know, I saw David Hockney's joiners from the sixties and seventies and said, Oh, that looks like fun. Let me try doing that. And I started doing it. I would print out all the photos and I would glue them down to a piece of paper and it looked like a four-year-old did it. So it's just like, wait, we can, we can make this better. And to me, it was like, well, David Hockney's painting on an iPad now, so I can use Photoshop. So that's what I did and then moved on into that new technology um, and moved forward with that. And that finally felt right. That felt like, okay, I like doing this. I mean, there's still, it's still a complex piece. When you look at these things, it's not... Everything fits together. It's clearly a collage. There's clearly an image. There's clearly something in there. It's a time-consuming process that I, I think collage, I think sometimes it's disrespected um, because they think, oh, well, I did this in kindergarten, you know, when you slapped right. all that stuff on it with that, and the kid next to you was eating that white paste. It's <laughs> not the same thing, you know. There's always that one kid that eats the paste, um, and it wasn't me. Um <laughs> 
<laughs> but it's you have to think about it and and when you look at this in this particular piece this is um the image that we have here there's depth of field there's there's something it all fits together it's all cohesive it's not a haphazard thrown together thing and and, and i and i i hope that people can fully understand that it's it's not a simple process and art is is never i don't think art is ever a simple process i mean you're you're forever giving up a part of yourself to show to the world and this was a time consuming piece but it meant something to you um whatever i mean your hockney your love of music whatever it is but it meant something to you and you had to create it did you how are you through this go yeah i'm done or <laughs> did you just i mean yeah i you you start out i mean with the time first you know shooting it takes a long time because this is i don't know 300 photos to first shoot and i get to the place uh and i do little bit by little bit each corner is uh is a photo and you know just the place the setting itself was at least 50 to 70 photos and that's probably shooting it with just the piano clean closed uh, the keyboards covered, you know, to do a nice clean background. So first we put that down in Photoshop. And then, you know, I have to open the piano and open the keyboard and put the music on and photograph all those, each little photo that happens. Uh, then I decorate the piano and I find little pieces throughout uh, the house and do that and you know and then it's the cover of the book the puccini so we can get a little bit of that so you start to get an idea of you know i'm indicating what i'm doing uh then it's opening the book and taking close-up shots of the music itself that you see floating through the air and enveloping the room uh so yeah there's i mean just the the act of taking the photos is a long stretch of time and then you have to put it all together and you have to figure out which part of the house you want to keep, which part of the house is not that important. So you can put, you know, other important things over it. So there's a lot of decisions that had to be made. I'm, I'm, I've got a thing too. I mean, this is, again, with any piece of art, it's, oh, it's always a trial and error. I feel like when you're a painter, that the first time the brush touches the canvas, you're committed. Um, and you're starting on a path when you were working on, on something like this, like a collage in your head, you, you kind of knew where you were going or did you let that first photo fall and take it from there? Um, it's, I mean, I knew the setup. I knew it was going to be, for example, I actually shot this series twice. Um, I did it in a vertical and I did it in a horizontal. So I kind of know direction or movement um and then when you're doing the photoshop itself you have to go is it going to be square is it going to be angular is it going to be curved you know i have many options in photoshop to do different things so you're making choices and you just yeah you i mean in photoshop you do have the ability to go backwards and go oh i don't like that but you can't go back too far mm -hmm. uh unless you just start over you know which is always the possibility so me and photoshop we're, we're not exactly best friends i can crop 
yeah I mean, <laughs> after that i'm like this takes way too long i don't mind taking the photo it's just all the rest that i don't particularly care about um it drives me crazy and i, I admire the fact that you you had the patience to do it then i've seen other um other of, of terry's uh, works and you can see more of them i've listed here the one in there's one why i'm picking this photo you can see there's two different collages there in that photo um, one is with a figurative model and another is with a piano, but you can you can see the detail that goes into it and the thought that goes on to it. And that poor model who had to stand there for all of that. Well, I mean, fortunately, I work pretty fast, especially with the camera. So it's get the pose and then it's click, 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 click. Next pose, you know, and then we were outside, so the lighting wasn't, you know, that important. It was just sunlight, so that was easy. He's actually against a white house is the background. Um, and it was just, um, I had no idea that he knew how to pose like this. He was visiting for white party, honestly. Is and that I, no, no, it's uh, another Pakistani model. Uh, but, um, it's just, it worked out and I, yeah, it just was, was magic. And I was just like, okay, good. We got it. And I'm, I'm showing you, this is, um, how you can see some of Terry's work, the Hastings gallery, Terry's dark room, um, Instagram, Twitter, only fans and Facebook. And we're going to, we're going to switch a little bit because Terry's also had, um, and we've had a discussion a long time ago, it seems like a million years ago, we did a discussion called Art and Nudity in Facebook and, and basically about censorship. Um, and you're forever getting chastised for- Forever, yes. Forever. Um, and it goes back to, and, and I'm going to, full disclosure, I was a little conservative when I chose the photos for, because we're going to be on Facebook and I just didn't feel like having them like yell at both of us again. Understandable, yes. Um, <laughs> But one of the things that I was always fascinated about, classical artists sculpted and, po and painted nudes. And somewhere down the line, <laughs> that became a bad thing. Right. Um, female nudity, and it's always fascinated me with the movies too, female nudity would get you an R. You know, in the old days, it was you got a restricted rating. Male nudity would get you an X. You were just banned. I mean, it was terrible. Um, you could show full frontal female nudity, no full frontal male, because I don't know why. Um, a city in Utah took the statue of David and turned him so that his backside faces the street and his front pate, you know, <laughs> kind of because it was considered offensive. We had a uh, attorney general uh, at one point who covered the covered up the um, the the statue of justice because she's blind and she has a breast showing and he covered it up because a great expense, mind you, because it was uh -huh. offensive. Um, I, I find it, I find it intriguing that, that, that's, that it's, I don't know why it changed. I don't know how it changed, but I know that it did change. And I religion. know that certain, <laughs> you know, that's the funny thing. If you go into religion, the Sistine Chapel it, there are there are nudes within it, but you're right. It's it's somehow or another it became. When that did one. the human when did the human body become a dirty well, one? Adam and Eve, you know, 
ate the ma magic apple from the talking snake. So, um, and then learned that somehow nudity was bad. Uh, but, you know, as we've seen, the church can pick and choose different times of when they want to believe this and when they want to believe that. Somehow now, um, nudity is just really bad. Uh, and, but again, the, the female nudity is allowed because straight white males are in charge of everything. They're in charge of Hollywood. They're in charge of politics. And so, yes, they want to see female nudity, but, you know, nobody wants to see male nudity. So uh, it's about the powers that be. And it's just like, I don't get it. <laughs> We're born naked. So uh, I don't know what's wrong with it. I don't know. I told my brother we were all born with booties, and that's how you could decide if you were a boy or a girl. But my mother did not appreciate that, and I got in trouble for telling him that um, because he repeated it. Um, but but you but you're right though. There is there is a there's a double standard with all of it. Um, I also think that um, the terms of what we consider beautiful in a, in a figure has changed. I mean, you go to the Michelangelo, the, the, that classic, you know, that statue of David. I mean, it's all about that that perfect body you know you've got the rule of thirds you've got you know you've got all these things that told you what a perfect body is and then then you get the rubenesque come in and now you got chubby women it's like oh my god i mean and, and to your point it, it is a reflection because if you were heavy that meant you were bourgeois class you were upper class you weren't working for a living and being fat was great and then right. poof, the gibson girl comes along and everybody's skinny and you've got, you know, with men, it was, you know, that, I don't know, like that perfect cop, you know, the one who was like ramrod straight and perfect. And then you've got, you know, now Patrick Mahomes and his dad bod. So it's it, what the perception of what is um, a human form and what what's acceptable has changed. And as you progress through this um journey with with the with the nudes did you find that there was in different periods that you started with it that what was considered ideal changed oh yeah definitely definitely um because in the 80s and 90s or you know <laughs> if you look at gay porn the history of gay porn you had twinks or you had your leather daddies you know mm -hmm. that was the only type of porn that was out there and it was just these hairless, skinny boys or, you know, big macho things. Um, and then things evolved. And then uh, Marky Mark comes along in his Calvin Klein underwear. And now twinks are out. And now, you know, beefier, not beefy, beefy, but, you know, a little more muscular guys come out. And then we've got, uh, as you see on the, the screen here, Dick Steele. At the age of, he was probably, what, 62 or 64 here with no body fat, uh, working on his body for all of his life. And uh, Dix and I still work together. We met on your radio show. Uh, and uh, I think our last photo shoot was two a year and a half ago. Here's the uh, thing, I and I will say something about Dix. What you see, this is not a photoshopped image of, of a male figure. This is Dix, and this is a man who's at that time probably was 62. I think he's 67 now, um, and he's taken meticulous care of himself. And But to some people, this is not the perfect ideal. To other people, it is. But it, it, it's an interesting photo because 
in a classical time, he would be the model they wanted. Yeah. You know, because um, you want to see the muscle, you want to see the definition of the body and, you know, and he's great with that. You can see each and every muscle, you know, he would be um, great for, you know, doctors to study because you can actually see where all the muscles are. And, and and Dix did go out for that Calvin Klein, show me your tidy whitey, the big ad they had a few years ago. And they were kind of shocked when they looked at his photo because they were expecting a 20 something year old and were mm-hmm. a little stunned when a 60 something year old man walked in and could put everybody to shame. But, and again, not to take away, but to go back to it, this is, you know, this was, a, this was a photo that you took of a human figure. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing risque about it. I mean, it's, it's, it's very classical in, in, in its execution. Um, but and you still got in trouble. I, oh yeah. I, I always get in trouble. That's, that's my life. But, um, and I wasn't here to show the body, you know, we're out in the desert, the situation. What I love is it, you have to look into the sand and the mud to see the, the ripples and the, the, the ridges that, coincide with this body and then the color all matches i didn't do anything with the color you know it was naturally you know monochromatic so it's just like no i'm i'm in love with the man nature connection here and yes dix has an amazing body but that's not what i'm showing it's not pornographic or whatever term we want to use well and that that's another thing it's like you know there there's that fine line and you get called on a lot i think unfairly because just because there's a a naked figure does that make it pornographic it's there's and and this is where i get we did a show one time um terry and i one the inaugural show at my gallery was called dirty laundry and we hung up clotheslines and literally hung up photos and most of the photos were of were nudes i think they were all nudes yeah, And we put a sign on the window, basically I did. And I said, if you're going to be offended, you can just stay outside. You know, don't even bother to come in because I don't care what you have to say. And I, you know, I get a few people, I'm offended. Okay, tell me why you're offended and then we can have a discussion. And the interesting thing was with that particular show, Terry's work, nobody said boo. We did another show with the figures and Elaine Levinson of all people who does a beautiful work um, had a nude female figure. That was the photo. That was the painting that everybody got upset about, which I found, I I found odd because I wasn't expecting it. I was ready for you. A couple of the other guys, I was waiting for that. I was all set and ready to, Right. but I found it, I found it intriguing that another woman complained about that particular piece of art. And it, it just had to have me scratch my head. What is it that scares people about, about, about the nudity? We've just been taught, you know, we're just so ingrained that, you know, this is bad. This is bad, you know, from, from religion, from childhood, from your parents. It depends how you were brought up. I mean, yeah, some families I've heard are just naked at home all the time and kids are just brought up with nudity as a natural part of life while other people are fully dressed. I mean, you wear full-on pajamas, 
to bed, you know, you get up and you are just almost never naked, you know, maybe in the shower. That's it. Uh, that's the only time you're ever naked. So, you know, it's, it's, it's an upbringing. And unfortunately for our dirty laundry show, we, yeah, we put out signs and people knew what to expect. And even though the show was in August at 110 degrees in Palm Springs, oh we had more people show up to that show than, you know, most, I think I've, I've never had a more well-attended show than that one. So it was, it was interesting to me because I liked listening to the conversations and, and again, I was ready for something because, because at that point in time, you had already been bounced off of Facebook and whatever else and what you could show. And, and frankly, Dix, Dick Steele, who was the model who was in this um, photo was also an artist and Dix had been bounced off. I can't tell you how many times for, for his artwork. Um, the last time I checked a piece of art can't usually hurt you. I mean, right. I mean, it, it can't, it can't do anything. I mean, it, it, the image might make you uncomfortable. I have to say myself, a lot of Tom of Finland's work does make me cringe a little bit but i think that's what he's trying to do trying to do trying to make you do that the maplethorpe flowers had so many people tied up in knots right because their own imaginations were working triple time and i and i and i find that sometimes um to be the case with your work it's like and i go back to the, this is one of the images when you were doing the elements mm -hmm. um um, and I think this is obviously this is from fire, but you incorporated the element, you incorporated the image, you incorporated the body. And again, you still had people kind of go crazy about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, most recently on eBay, um, that's where I have my biggest back and forth with them. Whoever was on the inside, because everyone's like, oh, some little old lady is flagging you or, you know, some friend that hates you is flagging you and getting you in trouble. Well, one of the times um, that I was on eBay and got flagged and shut down for seven days or 10 days or 30 days, um, I called in and I'm like, okay, is this somebody from the public flagging me or is this somebody from the inside? And I found out it was somebody on the inside, that it was their job to go around um you know, saying you're naughty to people. And this person, I don't know who they are. This person started just making up rules. So in fact, there was a photo shoot of a model floating on the water with his feet, the bottom of his feet towards me. And they took that one down because of foot fetishists. And I'm like, but that's not in your rules. That's not stated areolas genitals anuses those are all stated but feet weren't stated well it's an unspoken rule i'm like uh, that's not a rule man right right or twice i had models that were nude but from the side and the leg was up and there was no you couldn't see anything and i called in i go why is this being taken down and they're like well he's naked i go yeah but areola genitals anus none of that i'm playing by your rules and i'm like well we took it down i'm like you're not making any sense 
Oh, no, they don't make any sense. And it's and it's kind of arbitrary. And, and, this, and I'll go back. There was an artist who showed, and he, he's been on my show, and you may have met him, Michael Petrie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Michael Petrie, did a, and we interviewed him, and he had a show at the Art Museum. And one of his was Golden Rain. And I, I love that piece. I love everything about it. But when certain people start to think about it, they go crazy. Well, I was interviewing him with my camera guy. We were walking through the museum and there's a you know, docent in front of us with a group of older ladies. And I'm walking with Michael and we go by and he has a series of photographs that are pieces of leather that he's sewn. And I said, well, what's the inspiration for this? And he said, I put out a call to people to take pictures of their anuses. And they did. And he goes, and then I interpreted them in leather. And at the time, fetish, it was a real fad. Like if you were a certain bandana signified certain things. And I remember the, these, the docent and the, and the little group of women she was with, they're here, Michael, because they're all excited to see him, right? They're slowly walked out of there. <laughs> and Michael and I just were laughing. My camera guy was trying to hold the camera steady, but it was, it, 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 they loved the photo until someone said, well, gee, it, you know, it's this. And then it, it's like, oh, gee, it, I, I, I can't believe I looked at this. It was a piece of leather. Right. And, and really, it's all it was. And it, it just struck me as is as, as kind of like an, a, a knee-jerk reaction because they, they should feel offended. Um, and we had a mutual friend who walked into a show one time, who, and he was like, I'm offended. I'm like, Philip, you haven't walked in and seen anything yet. But yes, I'm offended. Can you at least walk in? And when he left, he owned a piece. So I, <laughs> you know, I... I I mean, right. how do you how do you deal with it? Because I mean, I'm I'm looking at like something like this. This is just a perfectly beautiful image, right? And be, everybody can be really really happy with it. Um, but you have other you have then you have an image like this, where it's a stunning image, but someone's going to complain because this model may or may not be wearing anything, or clearly this one is. Right. Um, and it's. They and have you see, to know, you know, they have to know whether they're naked or not, but to know whether they're offended or not, not whether you can actually see anything, not that that has anything to do with anything. I mean, my favorite story was, uh, my favorite censorship story is when a certain hotel in Palm Springs asked me to show uh, in their lobby in April which is White Party, Dinah Shore, Coachella. You know, it's it's debauchery month in Palm Springs. But it just so happened that Easter fell on the very first weekend of that month. And my show goes up and families were just like, this is terrible. And it honestly, what I was showing, there was, there was no genitals or anything offensive at all because I knew it was still a public show. And half of my show came down the very next day after the opening. I'm like, you you asked me to be a part of this. You you knew what I was going to show, and now you still censor me. So, how do you combat uh, that? How do you combat that? I mean, it's like you 
you're not the first artist. You certainly won't be the last artist to be centered for one thing or another, but it's, I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you counter it? I mean, for me, you can always do the Angela method where Angela gets pissed off and Angela buys a camera and starts her own show. Angela goes and opens <laughs> a gallery because, you know, we got, you know, it's, but you, it's, that's, 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 that's an egotistical luxury on my part. I mean, a lot of people, you, you just don't have that. You know, you, you can't, you can't just do that. Right. So what I did was just lean into it. I just went further. And honestly, like they say, sex sells. And so that's what I make my money on, nudes. Even the simple nudes, not this, not this artsy stuff, not the collages, not the water pieces, not the cutouts. Um, a, a, a naked photo of a hot guy, um, speaking of cutouts. Um, but I just... You know, when, I mean, the story goes, when COVID happened, uh, I was working in a cheese shop, fancy cheese shop here in Palm Springs. And uh, uh, we stayed open because we were a food store, you know, and we became more of a neighborhood uh, grocery store than that, you know, fancy stuff. And, but there, I developed an anxiety disorder that could not continue to work in public every day, you know, because if we all remember the beginning of COVID, it was like, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. So I was just like, I can't do this anymore. So I was able to leave there and then just took my time and focused on the internet. I got on eBay. I got on Etsy uh, with my first tame nudes and then further, you know, went into that and just created the following and my collectors and that's that's what at least 50 percent of my income comes from now are just the the really just just and here's a naked and here's a naked guy here's a well done version of a naked guy i'm not you know it's not some guy with a camera or something like that gwc as we say in the business but uh you know it's just like i i just Boom, went into it, found people that like that sort of stuff. Here's the deal. As an artist, you're never going to have everybody like you. But you know what? There are 10 billion people on this planet. So I only need a good 100 to 200 people to really like my work. And I can just keep everything going. You go back to that, too. Let's go back to you. the whole issue of the nudity and the photograph and what you do it. You have you had penthouse. You had um, Playboy, you had Hustler, you had Jugs, you had every kind of magazine that you could go basically into a 7-Eleven and right. buy. And some of those photos were beautiful. I mean, I, I do remember the photo shoot that I think Playboy did with Cindy Crawford. They were, they were, they were beautiful. Nobody flinched. It didn't hurt her career. It didn't do anything. I mean, you look at Vanessa Williams. She had that a couple of photos and, oh my God, this is terrible. Propelled her career. Nobody thinks about it. But I could walk into a 7-Eleven or, you know, a, a lot of different stores and you could purchase those types of magazines. And and they would come delivered to your house, you know, the whole bit. That was acceptable. 
And I, and I will say that I remember, uh, was it Penthouse or Hustler when they did full frontal female nudity? And it was, it was pretty raunchy and people got all upset, but they got over it like that. Right. Again, you know, and you can find those pinup photos. You can find those things on eBay. You can find Vargas drawings. You can find all these things. Again, what is it about a male body that has everybody all, all wrapped up in knots and, and you know, and, and why? I mean, it, it seems that it's an uneven um, application of censorship. Right. I I don't know. It's a it's a fear of the penis. I don't know. It's because uh, we can judge everybody from the size or the shape or the this or the that. I mean, even women have to have big boobs and stuff like that. That's what you know makes them who they are. And I'm just like, would you just stop with all this? You know, it's kind of funny. I look at. Do you ever watch Family Guy? Yeah. Every once in a while, Peter walks around naked. Right, <laughs> it's just like this big family hanging over everything, and and again nobody flinches. Right, you know, it, 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 and it's and yeah, I know it's a cartoon, but I go back to go back to Fritz the cat, go back to some of these. Remember some of this animation, and they were animated, and pe right. and that got an X rating. Um, Captain America, the the South Park movie with the puppets. They had to cut that movie because they were going to be they were going to be given basically an adults only rating, um, and and we're talking about puppets. But it, and again, it all centered around really um, male, right? You know, and and I and I and I, and I you know, we well, worship the gladiators, why, you know, right? And that's why if you go back to that the cutout. Um, photo that I sent you. That's actually kind of why I started this series was to see, okay, if I pull back and don't give you exact nudity, you know, if I just give you the image, the cutout, the shape, will that be okay? You know, that's kind of me just like, is this okay? Is this enough for you? Is this too much for you? It, it's all on my uh, vision of conquering the world, of getting nudity into everybody's home. You know, it's a it's a master plan of mine. <laughs> you know, it's just like, evil. right. But it's just like, okay, let, this was an experiment of mine to go, okay, this is based on Henri Matisse's cutouts, you know, from his blue nudes that we all know. It's just like, okay, I did this with a photo in Photoshop, cut it out, scratched in some important details, and created this to go, okay, is this okay? You know, that sort of thing. But then again, I find that interesting. And I'll go back to something I did. I did a show one time at one of the hotels in connection with the museum, actually, with, um, oh, my God, I can see his name. and I, I can see his face. I can't think of his name. The two of us did a show together. And we coordinated what we did. And so one of the things I did was um, life of a pinup, life of a model. And I had the, I had um, plexiglass cut out of like the female figure kind of like posed backwards. And um, when we put it up, the hotel that we were at thought that they were going to have to take it down um, because it was a silhouette of a figure. And my argument was I can go out in the street and I can see a mud flap right with I, you know with the same figure so how is this bad and why is why is that good and why is this bad and 
I, I never got a real answer. And we ended up taking down the shower curtain um, one with the, with the pinup photos. Um, it was, again, I thought was kind of an interesting thing, but it, it, to your point, there's nothing in the, in the, in the shape is nothing in the image that should be offensive. Um, and, and you, and clearly people have done and we worship them. We think they're wonderful pieces of, of artwork, but why? Because that person's passed on. I mean, do you have to be do you have to be dead before someone says it's okay right. for you to show your nudes? I mean, what you know? How do you justify that? And how do you how do you you know? Clearly, well, you were inspired by one. How do you how do you justify this? Or how does someone else? Right. Well, what what's fun when I went further into this experiment uh, slash art exhibit? Um, Instagram doesn't see that. Uh, doesn't see the nudity in my cutouts. Uh, so I actually have made um, a cutout of, let's say, a threesome <laughs> or a foursome. Uh, but when it's done artistically in my cutouts, Instagram can't see it. Uh, doesn't recognize what the image is. So those have been allowed to stay up. Um, versus like when it's a photograph, not that I would ever put a, a, a you know, something like that on Instagram because I know better. Uh, they see all the details. So it's just like something about details, um, you know, triggers people. So it's it's wild. I don't get it, but I'm having fun doing it. So that's all that matters. So you're having fun doing it. And. And I, and, but there's such a diverse, and I'm going to go back to this image here and I'll go, and we're going to switch gears a little bit because you've actually taken some of these images and turned them into clothing. Um, in fact, I have the one I'm wearing today. <laughs> I, I knew that. Um, I actually, I have a couple of the silk jackets and my, um, my ex-husband Mark has a, a couple of pairs of the, they were comfy pants. Um, they cut a harem looking pants, but right. you took, you took these images and um, were able to capitalize them on it or utilize them in a different way. Like the shirt you're wearing. And I know that you've taken these images and you can, you I can mean, do you a can lot print, of things. Yeah. You can print on just about anything now. So I now have a carpet with one of my photos on it. I've done a tabletop. I've put my photograph on tile and created the tabletop with it. You can print on wood, you, you know, you can, uh, lampshades, I've done blankets, I've done pillows, you know, it's shower curtains, you name it. Um, oh, I don't have one of my coffee cups here. You know, it's just like the technology now has, has made it so that you can create images and put it on just about anything. But these are beautiful images. And for, for what you're talking about, I think they're, they're wonderful. Um, I think my I brought my brother uh, one of the images, not this. I think it was from the um, Earth series that you did on wood. Um, again, mm -hmm. I have I have some clothing that's not of this particular image, but it, something similar it was from the water series. I um, and they're they're beautiful. I mean, they're and they're unusual and they're unique and they're beautiful. And it's it it was a it was an absolutely brilliant way of taking your work and, and seeing it go further, like your shirt. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's uniquely special. And 
and and that's what art should be uniquely special um i i think it's kind of like a great idea um, to, if they were interested and we've been posting up on on here um where to find you uh, the is the clothing also available or those images are that where would they look for that? Um, I would say just message me and we'll talk our way through it. Because otherwise, I'd be sending you to so many different websites. Because, um, for example, I did like the Red Bubble, the Fine Art America, the Zazzle. The, I, I am all over the internet. I am always searching and digging. And the internet is changing so fast that basically it's like, what are you looking for? let's just find it you know i'll i'll take you there for example like the shirt and most of the clothing was print all over me uh which was a chinese-based company and i've got indian-based companies working for me or american companies and it's just uh what are you looking for are we doing because now i'm like my living room i've got the rug i've got the pillows on the sofa you know i've got the the art on the walls i've got the the lampshade, what do you want? You know, it's just like, I'll just guide you there. So just, just reach out to me. And what, what, what is the image? Do you have an image that you like already? Is there a color scheme that you're working with? You know, I'll be, I'll be your personal interior designer, but using one of a kind images that you can't get at Ikea and Target and everywhere else. And this goes, this is another issue that I have. And I, this is where I, we used to play this game on my old radio show. If I have $500, okay, and I'm going to go, am I going to run to Restoration Hardware and buy the same print of the dogs playing poker, which it, when it was first done, it was really cool. But now 20 million other people are going to have this. Or am I going to take this money and I'm going to buy something that's unique, one of or a limited edition? When, when we, when I had the gallery and Terry again was a part of that, if you had a photograph, it had to be limited. It couldn't be like forever. It had to be like a finite number to make it special. You know, and I would always say, I would always lobby for the $500 to buy something that's uniquely mine. Um, and I, and I think that's kind of, a, a cool idea with taking these images and turning them into something practical for lack of a better word, but that's special, that's unique. Right. And then I also get so many people that go, Oh, I don't have any more room on my walls for art. I'm like, there are many places for art, you know, art doesn't just have to be on the wall. So it's like, that's, that's half the reason I've, I've gone into all these versions of my own art there's not a thing you don't touch that an artist didn't touch and what to me what i thought i always think is cool and every time i wear my jacket i feel very happy it's i'm not going to see myself coming and going it's it it's it's your image but then it's my personality and so i can make it my own um and and that's what i think is kind of cool about um the clothing and what's kind of cool about like having housewares that are uniquely yours or, or, you know, a piece of jewelry that's only yours. You can make it your own. And, and, and clearly like uh, I'm going back to this one image because it's easy to see. This is, this is clearly you, but when I turn that image from you into a silk jacket, a sheer silk jacket, it's suddenly mine. I, I am a walking piece of art with that. And, 
I, I hope people understand that there's there's so much that can be done with with any and all of these images. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, we're living in a time where, yeah, it's not just a painting. I mean, I I teach a class selling art on the internet to uh, to other artists and a big section of that is merchandising your art. You know, it's like you're a painter and yes, you can sell your original, but you get a good photo of it. And now you can sell prints and you can sell coffee mugs and you can sell bags. And honestly, that's usually what your friends want from you. You know, your friends want to support you. They, you know, and that's where we're always here. I don't have any more, you know, wall space. I'm like, well, here's a bag. Well, here's a this, here's a that. And they love that. They, Your friends really like helping and supporting you. And then once, you know, collectors find you, then yes, they want, they are proud to have your collection. I've got a number of, of people that, you know, that own 30 to 50 prints of mine. And it's just like, they... I just happened to forget to sign one the other day, shipped it off. And my collector was just like, oh, you forgot to sign it. And I like to show these off to everybody and it needs to be signed. I'm like, let me send you another one, you know, or, you know, send that back to me and I'll sign it. So it's just like people have pride in the art that they do. And I'm, I'm presenting the art. So therefore I have pride in it as well. So it's just it it it's really nice when things like that happen. It 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 it, it is kind of nice, and I and I'll go back to the to the clothing part of it. It's kind of cool, and um, I remember one time in San Francisco because I'm I don't know what my problem is. I'm all over the place. I watch this woman walk down the street, and I'm looking at her, going, "I know you." So I stopped and I talked to her. I'm like, I know you. And I couldn't figure out what I knew about her. Her friend had purchased a skirt that I had done, a sweater I had made, and she was wearing a necklace. Somehow in the back of my little pea brain, I, I recognized the images, but seeing them on somebody else kind of threw me and I, I just couldn't figure it out. Um, <laughs> it was kind of cool. but And then, and I'm sure you get this too. I remember going to, um, take going to class and having somebody in there and someone walking up to me and saying, I saw something you did and that inspired me to do something. You, you reach out to a lot of people in, in your role as an educator. You were very involved at one point with um, the Artist Council in Palm Springs and now you're involved with um, Desert Art Center. You come in contact with people who are non-artists, but it's it's inspiring sometimes to to get them interested and, and, you know, as an educator and that's what you are. I mean, how does that feel? Um, it's, it's great. I mean, it's kind of makes me feel good. I, my brain sucks in so much information, you know, that I am very happy to share that information with people. And then to find out that they then took that information and did something with it uh, is, is really amazing. You know, it's just like you, you just want to, I mean, that's, to me, that's what living in life is about is just like sharing. Cause like, aren't you worried people are going to copy you? I'm like, let them go ahead. I'm going to move on to the next thing. You know, I'm going to come up with a new idea so that what, what's interesting is like when I do uh, 
people will ha have said, hey, this photographer did a fabric out on the sand dunes. And I'm like, good for him. You know, he's doing it differently than I did. But I've already moved on three more jumps from that. So, uh, but yeah, inspiring people. I'm like, yes, just keep going. Make this world better. Fill the world with art. And let's just go from there. I, I agree with you. And I think it, it's it's amazing what uh, art can do. And it can inspire people to do certain things. It can inspire people to act or react or do whatever. And I think as an artist, you have a great responsibility. When you create something, you, you're creating a moment in time. You're creating a permanence that outlives, outlives you. And, and, and that is a big responsibility. And, and sharing that vision is, I, I think, an unselfish act. And, and there's a lot of artists who will, as cooks especially are notorious for that. They'll give you 99% of the ingredients and hold back that one. Right. Um, cool. That's great. I'll figure it out on my own. But you, you, you tend to share. You're very generous in your classes. Um, you, you're, are you teaching at Desert Art now, or um, just um, showing? Yeah, I what? actually do have a class coming up the end of February. Hopefully, this will air before then. February. It will. Uh, Wednesday, February twenty eighth, uh, four to six at the Desert Art Center. Uh, just contact me uh, on any of those uh, links and. Uh, uh the Desert Art Center is in Palm Springs. Right. Um, are, are any of the any of the classes or lectures available to zoom into, or have you not gone that that genre not yet? Gone that yet? Uh, so much of my uh, class is interactive because everybody. I I mean, I start the class with what do you want to know? Because I know everybody has that burning question that's in their head, you know. And so I'm like, let's get that out of the way. And then I can teach the class. So basically, I go through everybody, find out what they're looking to learn, and and then give it to them. Uh, because oof, the first time I ever did this class, uh, it was just nonstop questions the whole time. I mean, the hands were up, and I barely got through the 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 presentation itself. So I'm like, let's get the questions out of the way. And then I'll do your presentation because otherwise you're not concentrating on what I'm teaching. You're just waiting to ask that question. Oh, they, they sit there like they're like a spring ready to go. Right, um, right, right. Um, I, used, I used to do the classes for Naros with copyright and trademark and all that. And it was like, and you'd watch the hands. They were like, they weren't. And then of course you had that. I mailed this to myself. So I have a copyright. I'm like, yeah, that's good. Happy. You wasted a stamp. That's cool. Um, <laughs> But you, but you, but it's important. To, it's important to impart knowledge, and it's important to share. And and you always have been generous with your time. It, it, people not have always been as generous in in response to you because they're, you know, you you were kind of a lightning rod for people to say this is what's bad. And and I never understood that because you're one of the gentlest souls I have ever met. Um, and I, I I just find that a little. I find that I find that kind of an interesting dichotic but you're also you're you're doing shows you've got as i said we've popped up here where where we can find you but you do um shows um you recently did one again in in um in the, in the coachella valley area uh, but you've got some other work coming up and is 
do you post that on your Facebook? Do you post that on your Instagram or how do I would say uh, Instagram is the best place to get all your information from me. Um, the Hastings Gallery? Yep. The Hastings Gallery on Instagram or uh, go to the HastingsGallery.com and sign up for my newsletter. Um, I do that too. Um, but Instagram is like daily postings and stuff like that. So that, that'll keep you really up to date. Um, I use, uh, Facebook. I, what I teach is I use Facebook for friends and family. Uh, cause first of all, Facebook has the most stringent of nudity policies. So I don't even try, you know, to go against their grains there. Um, that's just, look what I did, you know, sort of thing. Instagram is a little more forward. And then Twitter, oof, uh, you better be ready for it if uh, you're following me on Twitter. So, uh, and so that's, you know, really where, if you're going to find out what's going on, Instagram. And you've got, you do have a show coming up um, in yes, April. Yes, April. Yeah, or not the end, middle of April. April 12th to the 14th. Um, body of work, uh, which is a, you know, a fun play on the words. I and two other artists, Elaine Levinson, that we spoke of earlier, uh, who I met at your gallery showing together and Mark Dubner, uh, another local artist. The three of us are doing a weekend show at the desert art center. Uh, the, um, the, uh, opening reception will be Friday, uh, April 12th from five to seven. Uh, but the, and then the show is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's real quick in and out sort of thing, but, uh, just get over there and see us 10 to four at the desert art center, uh, in the beautiful uptown design district of Palm Springs. And it's in a, it's in a very old building. Um, the desert art center is, um, that is the first school in Palm Springs was with the building that houses this, this gallery. And that gallery does house some, it has some intriguing artists. I'm, I'm glad you found a, a home there. Um, do you still have your popsicle guys there? Uh, the, the popsicle guys have become mostly photo only. Uh, they are quite delicate, even though Mr. Rhinoceros here uh, has been around, what, it must be now six, seven years yeah. uh, that I did that one. But it's the photos that really live on uh, that, um, that uh, there's a, really- there's a, couple of, there's a few photos that are up on your website where those are in play. They're um, used as headpieces or masks or whatever. I thought that was pretty intriguing. What's always fascinated me about Terry, and and I don't even remember how we met, probably bitching about something going on that both of us didn't like, or we were right. both involved with, a, or you know, we were both involved in a nonprofit called Art Is, and we worked very hard at that about bringing art into public places. Um, but we were also notorious for texting each other at meetings going, are you kidding me? What is wrong with right. these people? Um, which is why we had to start our own things. Um, what I always liked about Terry and his work is, it's not brave, but it's him. It's it's true. I mean, you 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 saw you saw something and you ran with it. You saw something that didn't make sense and you ran with it. You, you saw there was there's two sides to a coin, and and both sides are always against you, but you're still going to keep going. I. I, I, I do I do like that and and I will say and again and I apologize because we do post on Facebook we were I was very conservative with the images 
Um, I, I remember too, Terry, remember we did the show with art and nudity. I remember I called my ex-husband at the time live on the radio. And I said to him, we've taken our kids to see blah, 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 blah. And he's like, yeah, like, okay. And I said, and they saw, you know, they were nude photos, nudes. Yeah. And I said, have they formed normal attachments with regular people? And he's like, yeah. And I said, okay, good. And I hung up. I mean, it was, like, it was it, 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 there's nothing to be afraid of. I mean, I think, I think what you're doing is not that you're being brave. What you're doing is, is in some ways to me, pointing out the hypocrisy of what we see. We, we all talk a good game. If it's Kim Kardashian's big fat, butt, we're okay with it. Remember that Tattinger's ad? It was like, right. Oh my God. Um, somehow that, that, that's good but anything else is bad. Classical art showed nude figures and we have people who want to cover them up. Um, we have this, this dysfunctional love hate relationship with basically who we are. Right. And I think it's kind of cool that you go, well, too bad. This is it. Right. I'm like, I don't really understand because we create all these rules about life that really have nothing to do with, who we really are as people, as humans. I mean, I, uh, to my, my sister's benefit, like when I had a little statue of David in my house, you know, undraped, you know, with everything out there, my nieces and nephew would come over as, you know, six-year-olds, eight-year-olds, they'd point, giggle, and move on. You know, it's just like, that's it. That's all, that's all it is, you know? It's acknowledged. It's done. No big deal. They weren't crying. They weren't scarred for life. You know, other things scarred them for life, but not that. So. No. And then, in the thing, in the thing about it, there are times where situations, you know, like that are scary. And we're not talking about that. We're talking about art. And and I got to tell you, almost anybody who's taken a classical art training, one of the first classes you take is nude figure drawing. Right. And and it's like. It's like almost a prerequisite. I think it's like in one of your first year classes that you have to take. And like you, I'm not a I'm not a, a dap drawer, so all my guys probably look like stick figures anyway. So whatever. <laughs> but I I really hope that I hope that people understand that there's not there's there's nothing sinful in creating in, in creating images that celebrate who we are. Um, there's nothing sinful in, in creating these images. Um, there's nothing, there's nothing risque. I mean, uh, and I go back, I mean, I, I think about some of the artwork that I have and people's, uh, people's artwork that I've collected and you've, the art's got to speak to you. And that should be the most tantamount thing. Your art has to speak to you. If you if you like it and you love it, then you should own it. If you like it and love it, but you can't afford it, at least try to appreciate it for what it is. And and I hope that you know people will look at Terry's work and you know, appreciate that there's there's just not this is not some guy running around with a camera taking pictures. I mean, he's it, these are these are thought out. There's a there's a method to it. He did a series earth and wind and fire and water and they were beautiful you did a series a book um interpreting reinterpreting the gods um right which I, tried to, so. I couldn't find it to show an image of oh. um 
I, I, right, I don't because know. Because I'm in the middle of redoing all of my websites. I'm always in the middle of updating and finessing and stuff like that. But yes, that, actually, I'll have that. It's on my schedule this week. So, but yeah, well, that, yeah, that was a, that was a great series, and it was a, it was a nice reinterpretation of of things people understood. I. I wanted Terry on because a I admire what he does. I I I I as a person I think he's wonderful, but I want people to understand that you know you you shouldn't be afraid because somebody told you you should be afraid. Think for yourself and right. you know if if you don't like an image, you don't like something, you don't have to like it. You don't have to love it. You don't have to own it. You don't have to do anything, but you still need to appreciate the skill and the talent that went into it. And I hope that, um, I hope that I gave you that opportunity to shine that today. Thank you. Yeah, no, this has been great. He can always come on my show. I always, like <laughs> I said, Quick, it can't come. <laughs> right, I'll, I'll I'll get somebody's panties in a bunch. So yeah. Oh, and 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 you and I both are like. Mm, again, I'll go back to the to to our radio interview where we where we focused on art and nudity, and I was really bad because I stacked that panel. <laughs> I I I was told what I couldn't say, what we could say, and I made sure all of my guests sort of. Slid right under the radar. I mean, when one of your guests is named Dix already, it's just like. And the other um, one was named Jim Cox. Remember, right. <laughs> we had we had so much fun. We had so much fun, but we had a point to make, which was, you know, this censorship, this 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 whole idea that, you know, it's okay for us to be admiring of the Kardashians, which I don't get, um, was somehow better. And that anything else that was not that was just, you know, degenerative art. And right. which is, that's the name of Dix's art um, website. <laughs> um, you have to appreciate what it is and you have to look at art with an open mind. And, and again, it may make you uncomfortable. You don't have to love it, but appreciate the fact that it got you thinking and created a dialogue. And Terry's always fun to create a dialogue with. And I really want to thank you again. You can find Terry's work. You can see him on Instagram, Twitter, OnlyFans.com, Facebook. Um, he'll be teaching at the Desert Art Center, and that's in Palm Springs. He'll have a show um, in April, um, opening on the 11th and going through the 14th. Is that correct? 12th to the 14th. Yes. 12th to right. the 14th. And other than that, he's he. You can find him all the time. Just go to Instagram and just see what he's doing. And I always like to see what it, how far he can push Facebook, but I just, I just, that's my guilty pleasure. Right? Yes. <laughs> this is my, I'm sorry. I can't help it. I'm just an evil person at heart. Um, Terry, thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for everything. Thank you, thank you for the beautiful photographs. Um, again, it's like, come back and talk and maybe we'll bring dicks along. <laughs> that's an, that, that's that? <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> um, that would be, that would be quite a discussion going on. Um, this has been colliding worlds. I really hope you open your mind and open your eyes. You don't have to like it. You don't have to love it, but just appreciate the fact that this man is an artist and what he's creating is, is art and look at it, absorb it, 
have a discussion, have a dialogue, and then realize it can hurt you. The only thing that could hurt you is yourself. And that's because you're not letting your mind think and open up, be open to ideas. Um, and again, you don't have to embrace them all, but at least be open to the discussion. And, and that's the biggest thing. And, and once again, Terry, thank you for everything. Thank you. Have a good one. And I'll see you all soon. This is Angela Valenti Romeo. This is Colliding Worlds. And that is Terry Hastings. And we hope you had a great time. Bye now. Colliding Worlds is sponsored in part by CAMVR, home of the only one jewelry, accessories, and repurposed clothing. You can find us on Facebook at the Unique Jewelry Designs of Angela Valenti Romeo or on Shopify or online at angelavalentiromeo.com. Please contact us before making any purchase. Our merchandise changes often, and yes, there's only one. You'll never find yourself coming and going in our designs. AMVR, home of the only one jewelry, accessories, and repurposed clothing.